0: Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek, 916-633-1537. Um, Ratchet Book Club on Twitter, leave a DM, ratchetandratchet@gmail.com, Uh leave an email, um, leave a review of Podchaser, just go to Ratchet Book Club and leave a review, I'll read those. Um, you know... Sometimes these books just get real dumb. And I hope that this book gets clearer soon. Because so far. um, In Old Thought Next Door Part 2. The finale. uh, She's already. Her best friend's already died. Somehow she envisioned that. Like they're never going to answer that. How she saw that that happened. Even when she wasn't there. And she was clearly innocent. Well not clearly innocent. Because we saw her do it too. But. Um, her best friend died and then her ex pops up literally out of nowhere stanking all to hell and uh, she murders him and gets away with it but before he dies he tells her for some out of nowhere reason that he wants her to help him uh, rob Lamar because Lamar robbed him of quarter million dollars but this dude is out here smelling like uh piss shit and alcohol according to vernita even though that all passed when they started having sex i don't know how that happened and so now vernita's on her way to the prison i guess the hospital the hospital for to get a rape kit and to get tested for stds um And she's riding with Mike Colvin, the detective on the case, a light-skinned nigga. Yeah, I think that's where we are. Chapter 7. Detective Mike Colvin. It's something about that lady. I don't know what it is, but there's something off about her. I took a sip of my cold coffee as I continued to scan my interview notes. I was sitting inside of my police car. The ambulance just took off of Miss Washington strapped in the back. My gut got that weird feeling anytime I knew something was off. That feeling that was like a combination of tightness and nausea. Like you just knew some shit was not right. Why do you say that? My partner Jake asked, huffing. Colvin, I swear you always got these weird hunches. Remember that last time what happened? Your hunches almost got you written up by the lieutenant. I rolled my eyes. Yeah, whatever, motherfucker. I wasn't that off on my last hunch. I'm usually 90% right. Yeah, but since you were 10% off the mark the last time, you almost let a killer have their way with a 5-year-old. I shrugged my shoulders. Police work is complicated, man. Damn, you sound bad right now. Okay, so what's your hunch with this lady? Man, she's an 80-year-old who was just raped by some crazy-ass guy. What's more complicated than this? Wait, what? The book says she's an 8-year-old. Man, she's an eight-year-old who was just raped by some crazy-ass guy. Man, she's an 80-year-old who was just raped by some crazy-ass guy. What's more complicated than this? Yeah, I get that. I'm not denying that. But something's just off. I don't know what that is. It's like she's telling the truth a line at the same time. And those marks on her face and arms. What about them? They're bruises. But they don't look like real punches. I went silent for a moment, thinking about Miss Washington's recap of what happened. But I guess we'll see once we get some pics back of the rest of her body. Man, what in the hell do you mean they don't look like real punches? I shrugged my shoulders. I don't know. Our suspect is, well, was a pretty heavy man. Huge hands. But the marks on her face look like she had gotten into a fight with a kid or something. Ugh. Colvin, just stop. Stop right fucking now. There's no need to dig this deep. Look. The man broke into her house, he held her hostage, tried to rob her, and then he raped her. Then, she out of self-defense managed to kill the crazy motherfucker with a letter opener that just so happened to be right there on her nightstand. Case closed. Please, let's not make this extra work. I looked over at Jake and saw his chubby face getting redder than Mars. He was fuming. He absolutely hated it when my hunch had me digging too deep. When I felt a certain type of way about an investigation, I couldn't help but let my intuition guide me down a path that others didn't want to trek. I enjoyed being a detective. Every aspect of a homicide investigation was a fucking orgasm to me. This dude is So. I've been on the force now for nearly two decades, and half my career was spent in homicide investigations. I lived and breathed this shit. Hell, I had nothing else to do but work. My wife left me years back. My only kid, Brianna, was away off at college. And even then, she and I barely spoke. So when I had hunches, I truly had them because nothing else held my attention but work. And I had to pursue every last one of them to feel satisfied. Being satisfied with my work is what kept me alive. Brother, listen. I know you don't have a fucking life. But I do. And right now it's nearly midnight and all I want to do is go home to my wife, drink a beer... And then sneak away into the bathroom and jack my fucking dick to some of the pinkest pussy pics I can find on the web. Well, if that's what you want to do, then by all means, do you. I said back to as I sat behind the steering wheel, still going over my notes. But I'm going to do me. You always do, motherfucker. My hunch was firing off. I felt like something was pulling me to go back into that house and find exactly what the fuck I was looking for. Now, you could call me crazy and obsessed. But when I could sense something was wrong about your motherfucking ass, I was going to dig deep until I found the truth. I didn't give a fuck if you were 8 or 80. Wrong is wrong. This old bitch wasn't telling me the full truth about what happened. Was I trying to say what happened to her was justified? Of course not. But what I've learned over the years is that in all these cases, you should never take somebody's word at face value. Even if the victim was some church-going, soul-food-cooking grandmother who could recite every single Bible verse like it was nothing, that didn't absolve him the possibility of doing wrong. Everyone was capable of doing some shit. Even me. I'll be right back, I told Jake as I quickly hopped out of the car. Where the fuck are you going, Colvin? God motherfucking damn it. Get your ass back in this car right now so we can finish up this report and go to fuck home. Without saying a word, I proceeded to walk off and toss a birdie towards Jake as I walked up the still-crowded driveway of Miss Washington's townhouse. The first thing that struck me by surprise, though, was a car that she had. What type of woman damn near 80 years old drove a fucking muscle car? Now I get that people of all ages had a thing for cars, especially men. Old-ass men who were trying to live out their remaining days usually used sports cars to attract young pussy. Hell, if I had the cash, I'd be driving around the city in a Corvette. But the more I stared at this red drop-top Mustang, the more my interest in Miss Washington grew. Granted, I could be making all types of erroneous presumptions about this old chick, but the nigga in me knew one thing. Old-ass black women never drove cars like this. Cadillacs, Beamers, binges, Lexuses. That was what the fuck I'd expect out of a woman who wanted to spend extra dollars on a nice whip. But a fucking Mustang? This wasn't even the type of car to have in Chicago, especially during these crazy-ass winters. I just knew her old ass had low iron levels and her ass probably complained all the time about being cold. Nice car, isn't it? An officer on the scene asked me. I glanced over at him and then immediately threw my attention back to the car. The license plate was even crazy as fuck. Paulette. This lady had to be a character. Yeah. Yeah, it is, I said to the fat-ass white officer. This motherfucker need to lose weight. God damn it. I couldn't stand seeing fat-ass cops. Gosh. The force is going to shit. Just blown away by the fact that this woman's driving a V8 engine. Nobody. This is a V12. This special edition Hemi. Miss Washington definitely knows her cars. Instantly an eyebrow rose out of suspicion. V twelve? Yeah, no, this old bitch was definitely up to no good. That's crazy, I simply replied and began to make my way back inside the house. By now, officers had begun to clear out the house. Evidence technicians were done taking photographs and collecting evidence. In most cases, a homicide detective assigned to a case like this would have already had a report ready for their lieutenant to sign off on and close out the investigation. But not me. I was going to be diligent about this shit. And I didn't even give a fuck if Lieutenant Daniels gave me some pushback. This nigga's using every single fucking character's name from the wire. Goddamn. Colvin, Daniels, come on now. You all almost done? I asked one of the evidence technicians. Yep, she said as she pulled off a pair of latex gloves from her hands and tossed them into a garbage bag she had in one of her hands. What? This lady's definitely going to need to hire a maid service ASAP to get up all that blood. Her entire bedroom is ruined. I chuckled, then made my way into the bedroom. I froze in the middle of the floor and took a deep scan of the entire immaculate bedroom, despite the fact that the blood covered damn near half the room. This was a nice ass townhouse. And given that we were in the middle of Hyde Park, one of the most exclusive areas on Chicago's south side, I knew this place had to be worth at least a million. Then and there I wonder what Miss Washington did for a living. I mean I mean Honestly, she don't gotta do shit. She's fucking 77 years old, not 80, which means that when she bought the house, if she bought it when she was like what, twenty-seven, shit probably cost like thirteen dollars. Then and there, I wondered what Miss Washington did for a living. Soon as I got back to my desk, I was going to research the shit out of this woman. Hell, I was going to research her deceased husband as well. I was going to get all up into this woman's shit. You find what you looking for yet, Colvin? My eyes rolled when I heard the voice of my annoying ass partner from behind me. No, but I have a feeling I'm close. Dude, just give it the fuck up, please. You're getting way too far above your pay grade, said Jake. His tone sounded as if he was annoyed. Give me two minutes. I swear I'm going to find something that's going to make you rethink everything. Please don't. I don't want to rethink shit. We have the case wrapped up. All we got to do is finish the fucking paperwork and take our overworked asses home. Ignoring Jake, I walked through the bedroom towards the bathroom. Was it the hallway bathroom or the bedroom bathroom? Because I pulled the door back and then strolled in. Even the goddamn bathroom reeked of nothing but luxury. You would have thought you were in Buckingham Palace. I could sense Jake trailing me, and the moment he walked in, the first thing that came out of his mouth was Italian marble. Damn, this woman's rolling in some cash. And we never knew about any of it for the first fucking book, because she never talked about any of that shit. Exactly, I replied. Lots of it. That's a V12 parked out front, by the way. Special edition, one of the officers told me. I looked over at Jake and he raised a curious brow. Really? Yeah. Damn, this lady's something else then. What in the fuck is she doing with a car like that? Exactly was all I said and I knew from the tone of Jake's voice that even he was beginning to get a tad suspicious. So I presumed. I stood in the middle of the bathroom for a moment. With my hands gripped to my waist, my eyes turned to inquisitive slits. I contemplated my next move. Come on, Hunch, come on. Sound like fucking Jimmy Neutron trying to get a fucking brain blast. I looked over to my right and saw a clothes hamper filled to the brim. That struck me as a bit odd. Despite the fact that Miss Washington's living room was a tad disheveled from apparently a fight and that her bedroom was now a murder scene, the bathroom was entirely clean. But the hamper... Clothes were literally spilling out, and I couldn't imagine that a woman up in age who kept her house tidy would allow clothes to spill out of a hamper like lava pouring down the sides of a volcano. See that? I said to Jake, pointing towards the hamper. See what? The hamper. What about it? That doesn't strike you as odd? No, it's just clothes. I chuckled, then strolled over to the hamper. Motherfucker, please don't tell me you're about to go through this woman's clothes. The fuck is wrong with you? Every aspect of this house is a crime scene, you lazy fuck, including the hamper. Oh wow. So now an old woman's shitty underwear is part of our already closed homicide investigation? Unfucking believable. You are a sick fuck. Let me guess. This is just a fucking excuse for you to swipe a pair of her panties so you can sniff on them all fucking day and night. There are websites for that actually. I laughed. What? Yeah, there are websites where you could buy used panties from women. Big business apparently. You sick fuck. Why in God's green earth did I get fucking partner with you? I pulled back the lid to the hamper, a tad apprehensive about going through Miss Washington's clothes. And yeah, I couldn't lie. Perhaps Miss Washington was no older than forty and looked like somebody I'd want to fuck, I let a pair of her panties for keepsake. Are you fucking serious? But I'd be damned if I was going to get off on the smell of an 80-year-old woman's crotch. I had my interesting fetishes, but dicking down old bitches definitely wasn't one of them. Not yet. Without hesitation, I dug my hands into the hamper and started tossing clothes all to the side. Not giving a fucking, that's what it says. Not giving a fucking if I was making a mess. I could easily stuff the clothes back into the hamper and Miss Washington probably wouldn't even notice if somebody hunted through her dirty laundry. Damn, you can at least put on a pair of gloves if you're going to do all that, you grimy motherfucker. Ignoring Jake, I continued to toss clothes out of the hamper onto the floor. I hoped my hunch was right because as I dug through, getting closer and closer to the bottom, I wasn't finding anything. But once I yanked out and tossed a pair of denim jeans, my eyes landed on something interesting. Look at this. I smiled as I pulled up a stocking stuffed with lemons and tangerines. Jake's mouth dropped. What? oh wow, that can't be, that can't be what? Those, those punches. Bingo. Seriously? Seriously, fucker? This is what you want me to think? That she murdered this nigga and then went and got a bag of tangerines and oranges and beat herself up with a bag of tangerines and oranges and then instead of having the foresight that somebody who would have come up with an idea like that would have had to just put the tangerines and oranges back into the fucking cabinet or onto the shelf or wherever she got them. She hides them in her hamper, in her bathroom, under, fuck you. Chapter 8, Vernita. The smell of the hospital was permanently fixed in my nostrils now that I had been up in this place for what seemed like a good six or seven hours. The doctors ran all kinds of tests on me. The police were constantly in and out of my room, taking a million pictures of my entire body. I felt so embarrassed, but I knew I had to do this just to get this investigation over with. I didn't know what time it was. Felt like it was close to 5 a.m. or something like that. I was laying in the hospital bed, dressed in a single gown. and IV was pumping fluids in me along with some medication to make me feel relaxed. Although I was still very annoyed for having to be here, this drug that I had running up in me had me on cloud number nine. For what? Wasn't she there to get a... I mean, I don't know what they do when they do a rape kit, so maybe, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I can't even ask. Some moments later, one of the doctors, who was this fine-ass young Arab-looking man, came into the room with a clipboard in his hand. Okay, Miss Washington, we ran every test we needed to, and you're in good health. Oh, thank God, I excelled clasping my chest. Lord, this is all just too much for me to handle, but I thank God for you. You're such a wonderful doctor. The doctor smiled. My eyes latched onto his wide muscular chest and saw his name, Dr. Talal Aziz, written in cursive blue stitching. He stood at a good seven feet tall and had this dark, well-kempt beard wrapped around his chiseled face. His hair was curly. His eyes were piercing green. Child, I didn't know that these Arab men could be so fine. Although I was high as hell on whatever drug they had running through my veins, baby, my loins were starting to get so damn moist. If I had the energy in me, I'd hop out of this damn bed, lock that damn hospital room door, and then get on my knees and stuff that dick of his down my throat. I quickly glanced down at his pants and saw his print. My eyes instantly exploded with utmost surprise. That dick was like a baby anaconda just resting on the side of his leg. I bet you had some big long balls too. Okay, last time she thought she saw somebody like this, it ended up being a fucking mirage, so I'm waiting. Is everything okay, Miss Washington? His deep voice instantly snapped me out of my daze. I looked up at him and said, yes, I'm sorry. I just dozed off for a moment. No worries. Yeah, that lorazepam. Okay, we about to look that one up. Cool. It is lorazepam. That lorazepam can make people feel very relaxed. Nonetheless, I'll go ahead and have the nurse ready your discharge paperwork so you can head back home. "'I do believe the police may still have some additional questions and even some paperwork for you to fill out,' he said with the biggest smile stretched across his sexy-ass face. Child, his ass was having me forget about every crazy thing I had going on at the moment. All I could think about was getting me some dick. That was going to be a true relaxer for me. Some henny, dick, and weed was what I needed to put on my motherfucking menu right now. And when I got done, I'm going to slide up to Wingstop and get me a 15-piece lemon flats fried hard, baby.' Baby, I loves me some Wingstop Ranch, you hear me? Isn't it fucking midnight? Wasn't that what she was telling Percy, that it was almost midnight? And then she murdered him, so it has to be like 3 o'clock in the morning, because hospitals take forever. You ain't going to no Wingstop. Take your old ass home. Oh, so that's why I'm feeling this way. Makes total sense now. I was wondering why I was feeling so relaxed. I told the fine-ass doctor. Some dick in my ass will make me feel even more relaxed right about now is what I really want to tell him. The doctor gave me some brief discharge instructions, and then made his merry way out of the room. Back to being alone all over again, I patiently waited for the nurse to come in with his discharge paperwork. The silence was now beginning to annoy me, so I flipped on the television and landed on CNN. While the morning news played, I drifted off again, thinking about all the crazy shit that happened. I was definitely going to have to see Dr. Jackson to help navigate me through all this mess. Some moments later, a nurse bumbled her way into my room. All right, Miss Washington, I got everything clear from the doctor and I spoke with the police and they said you're free to go. Did you want me to arrange some sort of transportation for you or call some family members? I'm fine. I'll call for a cab, I told the short white nurse. She walked over and began to take out the IV line running in my arm. After she bandaged me up, she handed me my discharge paperwork. I quickly signed off on the thick wad of paper so I could get the hell up out of there with the absolute quickness. I slowly began to make my way out of the bed to put my clothes back on. The clothes I wore to the hospital were inside of a bag sitting on top of an adjacent countertop inside the room. Okie dokie then, you're all set, the nurse said as she made her way out of the room. It didn't take me long to put my outfit on. Once I squeezed into my shoes, I began to make my way towards the door. Once outside, I pulled out my cell phone and dialed for a yellow cab. Five minutes later, my ride came and I was quickly taken back home. As the yellow cab pulled down the street, I saw the red police tape still sectioned off my house. Where are we going again, ma'am? The cab driver asked in his thick foreign accent. The house with the red tape. Oh, wow. The African cab driver was just as stunned as I was at the sight of the red tape. I couldn't believe those officers would leave that shit, making my house stand out like a sore thumb. By now it was nearly ten AM and everybody who passed by knew my residence was the obvious side of a horrible tragedy. What happened here? the cab driver asked. Mind your own damn business I spat back at him and he didn't say shit back. He just kept his beady eyes on the road, nosy ass motherfucker. I had it in me to report his ass to the immigration authorities. Black ass motherfucker. I was so mad about this right about now, and this cab driver amped me up even more. Some seconds later, this nigga drove up to the entrance of my driveway. I threw him a $20 bill I already had in my hand and got out of the car without saying anything. This nigga was so musty and stank, too. I couldn't believe this nigga had the audacity to have the entire cab smell like old raw onion. Nasty motherfucker. Well, if he had gone to your house, we'd know without a shadow of a doubt that within 12 pages you would have been licking his ass, so... Just as I was about to slam the door shut, I heard him mouth off, nasty old bitch. What? What'd you say to me, nigga? Before I can get into that ass, his punk bitch ass took off down the street. You son of a bitch. I'm gonna call Trump on your motherfucking black ass. Nigga, you got the right one today, bitch. Ho, you don't know me. I'll kill. Vernita. I immediately froze when I heard the sound of what I knew was Mr. Kilpatrick standing not too far away from me. I cautiously spun around. Mr. Kilpatrick, how are you? Vernita, how are you? Is everything okay? I've been so sick and worried about you. I'm so sorry about everything that happened. Oh, I'm fine now, Mr. Kilpatrick. I'm hanging in there. I'm just blessed to be alive. I really don't even know what to say. All of what happened seems so surreal. I just wish... He paused for a moment, looking like he was holding himself back from crying. I just wish I could have done more. I'm really sorry. It's not your fault, Mr. Kilpatrick. It truly isn't. Well, I'm just glad to know you're okay, he said as he leaned in and tried to give me a hug. I quickly jumped back, though, not wanting this old-ass peckerwood to put his fucking clammy paws on me. Sorry, he quickly apologized. I guess he realized that if I was a victim of rape, the last thing I wanted was for a man to put his hands around me. You're fine, Miss Kilpatrick. Thank you for checking up on me, though. I appreciate it. Okay, well, um, if you need anything, just let me know. I'm here for you. Just give me a ring if you need anything, Vernita. He said through a nervous grin and then walked off. As soon as he walked off, I couldn't help but grimace. Why in the fuck were motherfucking white people so nosy? He needed to mind his own fucking business. Mind the business that pays you, cracker. All up in my shit. Punk ass didn't even come and save me when he heard Percy cussing and carrying on. Nigga, cuz you went to the door and told me everything was good. I smacked my teeth as I yanked my house keys out of my purse. All this fucking red tape around my shit. They couldn't even have the courtesy to remove this shit. Got me out here looking crazy, I yelled at myself. Yeah, like you yelling to yourself in the middle of the street about how your red tape looks crazy ain't going to make you look crazy. I didn't give a fuck if the whole entire goddamn city could hear me going off either. I was mad as fuck because they didn't take down some red tape. Shit make me want to kill someone. You already did that three times. What the hell? My eyes shot open with fear again. I quickly looked around when I swore I heard the voice of Alice. I didn't see her though. I closed my eyes. It's just a hallucination, Vernita. Just a hallucination. Calm down. Calm down. I grabbed my chest. My heart was pumping so damn hard. As I quickly tried to unlock my door, my hands quaked with sudden anxiety. The hallucinations, the voices, the flashbacks, everything was beginning to really drive me fucking crazy. I got inside the house, slamming the door shut and quickly locking it. I stood there in the foyer for a moment, silent and frozen. Alice, I mumbled. What you want, bitch? My eyes once again exploded wide open. Where are you, Alice? Bitch, I'm right here. I heard her voice to my left, and I quickly spun in that direction. And there she was, standing, holding her neck as if she had immense pain radiating from it. She had a visible gash above her eyebrow. She began to move closer to me, limping as if she had broken her ankle or foot. Where's my golden arm? That's what this shit feels like. (laughs) Campfire Classics will probably read that one. That would be dope. By the way, check them out. Shout out to Campfire Classics. Shout out to uh, Sandman Stories with Dustin. Um, Check them out on Twitter at StoriesSandman. That's my dude. Get away from me, I screeched. Bitch, I'll kill you. I'm already dead, bitch. How the fuck can you kill me again? No, no, I didn't kill you. Stop lying on me. I wouldn't dare. Yeah, you would. You literally hallucinated how you would do it. And we all believed it, so it was pretty fucking credible. Everything around me began to spin and it felt like I was in the middle of a violent earthquake. Suddenly, I took off running in the middle of my living room, making my way towards the bedroom. Don't run, you old ass whore, you lying ass Jezebel. I heard her shouting from behind me. Get away from me. Leave me be. I ain't did nothing to you. Yes, the hell you did. Once I flew into my bedroom, I came to an abrupt stop when I realized my entire room was still a wreck from when I killed Percy. You killed me, Vernita. Why? Why'd you kill me? I gasped when I heard what sounded like Percy shouting at me. I turned to my right and he was still standing there. The side of his neck was gushing with blood. Nah, this is all fake. It's just in my head. No, it ain't, bitch. You fucking killed me, you raggedy-ass bitch. I'ma get you. No. Don't put your hands on my wife, nigga. Clarence? Was that... Was that Clarence? I spun to my left and there Clarence was, walking slowly up to me looking like a fucking zombie. Why'd you kill me? All I did for you. No! I kept yelling as I flew over my closet. I had to get my hands on my pistol expeditiously so I could shoot these motherfuckers. Ding dong! Police, open up! The police... I suddenly became immobile when I heard the sound of somebody saying that they were the police pounding at my door and then the doorbell began ringing. Taking deep breaths, I closed my eyes. It's just all in your head, Renita. All in your head. I reopened my eyes and the ghosts of Alice, Clarence, and Percy disappeared. Lord, 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 I said, shaking my head furiously. It ain't in your head, bitch. Oh, no, no. Oh, Lord, these voices. This is just too much. So if you're white. There's this movie called uh, Tales from the Hood. If you're black, what up, niggas? Y'all already know. But at the end, this dude named Jerome uh, goes to murder people. And when he murders people... He gets taken to a murder rehab clinic. Don't fucking ask me. If you want to hear about it, just listen to the review on Hindsight. So anyway, he goes to a murder rehab clinic. And one thing he has to deal with when he's put into a deprivation chamber is all of his victims coming up to him saying, Why'd you kill me? And this one dude in the back had one line to say. And he said it over and over again. That shit was fucked up, man. That shit was fucked up, man. That shit was really, really fucked up, man. And that's what this reminds me of right here. Jerome and his murdering ass. Chapter 9, Detective Mike Colvin. Sleep deprivation was a motherfucker, but being deprived of hours of sleep was worth it if I could get the truth out of this woman. Where the fuck is this bitch at? I grumbled to myself as I kept pounding on Miss Washington's front door, wondering her shady ass was home. Why do you think, like, okay, you can have your suspicions. That's fine and dandy. But see, this is how cops are. It ain't innocent till you are proven guilty. It's innocent until we see you got a nice-ass car and you got a nice house and we hatin'. They see her rolling, they hating, patrolling, and trying to catch her riding dirty. I looked around and almost had the urge to go next door and ask a neighbor if they had seen her at all this morning. I yawned. I was tired as fuck and I wanted to get this shit over with already. I stood back for a moment and took in the scenery. Wow, Hyde Park was an amazing ass neighborhood. This townhouse complex was off the fucking chain. I always wanted to live in Hyde Park. See, a fucking hater. The area was now booming, and this luxury townhouse complex was built not too long ago. Well, there goes that theory of her buying it when she was like twenty. Anyways, I just got off the phone with one of the at the hospital where Miss Washington had been taken to after what happened last night. I was told she went straight home. Nurse said she flew straight out the hospital and took a cab. Now, that was pretty strange. I wonder why she didn't have a friend or a family member come pick her up. Probably because her friend just died. She told you that? And how the fuck would you know about her family? You literally went through her house and saw it was empty, too. That seemed pretty odd, given that she was just in a fucked up situation. Hell, if a nigga broke up with my shit and raped me, I'd be afraid to even go back home. I kept knocking on the door. Damn, lady, what the fuck? I was getting very pissed. As seconds turned into a minute, I was just about ready to give up and head back to the station. Still standing at the door, I put my hands on my waist and exhaled, wondering where this woman could have been. Then again, maybe she did go over to a friend's house or something. I paused for a moment when I heard something that sounded like faint screaming. It sounded like it was coming from inside the house. The fuck? My eyebrow raised, my face twisted with confusion. Damn, somebody's in there. I began pounding on the door again. "'Police!' I yelled out. "'Miss Washington, are you in there?' Just before I was about to try and bust the door open, I heard the front door unlock, and there she was standing there with the biggest grin on her slightly bruised face. "'Hey there!' she greeted me enthusiastically. "'Detective Colvin, right?' "'Yes, ma'am.' I paused again for a second as I scanned her up and down. I swore, for a woman who was just violently attacked, raped, and then ultimately had to kill her rapist— She seemed to be in a somewhat festive mood. Nothing, and I mean absolutely nothing at all, made me think this one was just a victim of a horrendous crime less than 24 hours ago. I, um, is everything okay? I want to swing by to check on you. I just called the hospital and they told me you went home. I've been knocking on your door for quite some time. It was a minute it was a, as a second's turn in the minutes. Nigga, don't be lying. Don't be putting two on the 10 Don't body like that. Cosby be lying all the time anyway. Don't lie over dumb shit. Save it. I think I may have even heard some yelling going on inside. Miss Washington exploded into laughter. Ha <laughs> ha. Child, I was just in there singing to myself with my earphones on. I was just trying to get myself together and then get my mind off everything that happened. Okay, I replied. And then we both stood there staring at each other in complete silence. She was starting to get super weird, so I broke the uncomfortable silence by saying, well, I have some more follow-up questions. She simply replied with, okay, and suddenly that smile of hers turned partly flat. Can I come in? I politely asked. I didn't want to stand outside. The weather was a bit chilly. That was the one thing about living in Hyde Park. The neighborhood was right off the fucking lake, and the winds that rolled off the lake shore were nasty, especially during this time of the year. My house was very much still a wreck. I got these folks coming over to him to clean up the place, said Miss Washington. Well, I can ask just a few questions here, then, I said, if you don't mind. I could tell I was getting on this woman's nerves already. Her ass was probably super suspicious that I had an inkling about her lies. No, no, I don't mind. Go ahead, ask away, she said, tucking her hands under her arms as she leaned against the frame of her front door. So... Once again, I just want to say that I know all of this is very devastating to you, and I deeply apologize if something like this happened. I just want to make sure before I send my final report over to my lieutenant that I got all my facts straight. Okay. No worries, sweetheart. Ask away. Cool. I quickly pulled out a notepad and pen from my jacket pocket, flipped open to a blank page, and then asked, So those punches on your face? You said the suspect, when he broke into your house, began punching you around until you fell out on the floor. Yes, that's correct, she said. Wow, you must put up a good defense because in any other circumstance, you could have easily sustained more damage to your face. I'm surprised you didn't get a broken jaw or something, especially considering your age. Dude, you're literally just being completely hostile, like you're just coming out the gate telling her that you think she lying. Yeah, I went there. I knew it was borderline disrespectful to bring up a woman's age. But hey, it is what it is. However, I guess my statement must have rubbed her the wrong way. Her eyes briefly broke their attention away from me and then she smacked her teeth. My age? Now what's that supposed to mean, detective? No disrespect, I said, flashing her instant sham smile. But you're a bit up in age and the suspect was in his 40s, I believe. Actually, late 30s. I'd have to double check. I paused for a split second. But that brings me to another point. This suspect... You said you knew him from years back. How's that? He was my husband's caretaker at the nursing home he had been staying in before he died. Interesting. Okay. And how exactly did he know where you lived? Well, she paused and then took a deep breath as she clutched her chest. We remained friends. Miss Washington took another long, deep breath as she lowered her head. I don't know what to make of it all. I just, I never thought he would do something like this to me he was such a nice young man to me. Wow. Yeah, that is crazy. And you said this is over money? Yeah. He kept mentioning this man named, I forgot. It started with an L. Lawrence or something. Okay. Well, I'll keep this in mind. Any other questions, detective? I really hate to be short, but I have a lot of stuff on my plate right now and I need to get to my doctor. Also, my friend's funeral's coming up pretty soon, and I'm still so devastated by that. I gotta help the family with the funeral arrangements. I understand. Well, yeah, that's all the questions I have, for right now. And you have my condolences. Thank you, Detective. No, thank you, I replied, giving her the biggest grin I could make. But then I knew this next question would throw her for a surprise. By the way, do you prefer the taste of tangerines or oranges? Her unassuming eyes instantly became large with fear and I could tell she was fighting hard to stop herself from producing a scowl. Then she smiled, which I knew was nothing more than a fraudulent smirk masking her unexpected nervousness. Huh? Excuse me? Never mind, I just have a hankering for something sweet and tangy. I saw the lovely fruit ball in your kitchen countertop earlier. Sorry, just random question. I told her as I quickly put my notepad and pen back into my jacket pocket. "'Oh. Hmm. Okay, then. uh Well, I'd prefer tangerine,' she replied. i like to put them on my morning smoothies. But anyway, detective, I gotta get going.' She looked over my shoulders. The cleaning folks just arrived. I looked around and saw a white Ford minivan pull up. Two Mexican-looking motherfuckers hopped out. Both of them had white jumpsuits and N95 masks wrapped around their faces.' As they began walking up the driveway, I looked back at Miss Washington and reached out my hand to shake her hand. I'll be in touch, Miss Washington. She cautiously shook my hand and then pulled away as if I was a pervert or some shit. By now, the two cleaners were a foot away from us. Hello there. We're here to clean up the house, one of the cleaners said. Yes, come on in, uttered Miss Washington to the cleaners, but she kept her eyes glued on me. Guess now she knew I knew. I spun around and made my way back to the car. I chuckled, knowing I was inching closer and closer to the truth. This old bitch was telling all types of lies, and I was going to get to the bottom of it. Once I hopped in my car, I checked my cell phone for any missed calls or text messages. And lo and motherfucking behold, I saw that I had five missed calls. All came straight from my lieutenant. Then I checked my text messages. Boss even sent me a text. Seemed like I was in trouble. I opened the text message and was hit with, bring your stupid ass back to the station, now. And on that note, I quickly chucked up the engine to the cruiser and headed back to the station. Back in the station, my partner Jake and I were sitting in our lieutenant's office getting our asses handed to us. Please, please, please explain to me why you're letting this lowlife motherfucker run wild. Lieutenant Daniels was literally foaming at the mouth, screaming directly into my partner Jake's face. I'm not going to hold him accountable because I already know he's a prime piece of shit who doesn't know how to mind his own fucking business to just go with the facts in hand. So I'm your ass, Jake. I can't believe you all going to pull this shit. An old woman gets her house broken into and she's raped. She defends herself. Case closed. What's more to this? Jake cleared his throat. Lieutenant, with all due respect, I tried to tell him that. I told him to back off and close out the case, but we... But we what?! Lieutenant interrupted Jake and threw his hands in the air, like he just didn't care. Before Jake could finish his statement, the lieutenant continued, I don't give a good goddamn what this asshole over here thinks. You need to push back and hold him responsible. Then Lieutenant Daniel's big, black, and menacingly ugly ass stared directly at me. These niggas is color-struck as fuck. And I swear where? on my dead mother's grave that if your clearance rate wasn't as high as it was? Because I must admit that you are a pretty good detective, I'd have your ass working evidence. Better yet, I'd have the fucking commander assign your punk ass to traffic. Stick your ass out somewhere on the far northwest side. And you know them sitting your citizens out there obey every fucking traffic law on the land. With a small smirk on my face, I was confident once I told the lieutenant of my little discovery, he backed back the fuck off and let me do my thing. Slight silence filled the room for a moment. Why aren't you saying anything? Say something, motherfucker. Say something, I'm going to write you up for insubordination, screamed the lieutenant as a few of his spit speckles landed on my forehead. Gross. So what they're doing right now is they're literally taking the black, the trope of the, the mad black uh, commander from every fucking white movie like Die Hard and all that shit. Last Action Hero. Check that one out. They really made fun of that trope in a great way. Without saying a word, I reached into my jacket pocket, pulled out a few photographs, and placed them at the lieutenant's desk, gently sliding them in his direction. What's this? Look closely, I replied, and then sat back with my arms folded, anxiously awaiting his reaction. I took these with my phone, and then printed them out a moment ago. lieutenant's face was screwed with confusion. I'm not quite understanding what the fuck I'm looking at, detective. All I see is a pair of stockings with some balls stuffed in them. The fuck is this shit? Sir, those aren't balls, I said. Then what are they? Those are tangerines, I replied. Okay, and? I snapped my fingers trying to remember the woman who played that crazy ass chick in that movie. You ever seen the movie A Thin Line Between Love and Hate? That 90s flick with Lord... Fuck you, Quan. Fuck you all to death. The 90s flick with Martin Lawrence and that chick with the big forehead? You better not never disrespect Lynn Whitfield again like that, nigga. You better not. You better not. You better not, nigga. The lieutenant's eyes widened as everything clicked in his head. Lynn Whitfield. And yes, i seen that movie, but no. The lieutenant shook his head with fervor. His entire body language instantly became fluid in disrelief. See? I told you. Case ain't closed, I said, laughing. Jake took a quick glance over me and then shook his head. I didn't know if he was shaking his head out of embarrassment or shock that I persuaded the lieutenant. However, the boss stood there for a moment, wrapped in deep silence. I guess he was trying to put everything together. Colvin, the lieutenant said in a tone that convinced me he was convinced. Yes, lieutenant, I replied. Get this shit out of my face. Throw those pictures away. I'm tired of your shit. In the fucking case, you zealous son of a bitch. But, Lieutenant, this doesn't seem shady. I don't care, Lieutenant interrupted. Close out this fucking case now. Have the report on my desk by 5 p.m. or I'm writing you up for insubordination. I will put in a request to transfer your ass to traffic. Now the two of you get the fuck out of my office. With that being said, I nodded at Jake and then we proceeded to stand up. Well, Lieutenant, it's your squad and I will follow orders, I said. I'll have that report on your desk ASAP. And close my motherfucking door when you two assholes leave, yelled the lieutenant as Jake and I walked out of his office. See, because they said lieutenant again. What they said is, yelled the lieutenant as Jake and I walked out the lieutenant's office, but that's just redundant. And following his stern instruction, I gently closed his door. Jake and I took cautious strides towards our cubicles while the rest of the detectives on the floor gave us awkward stares. They must have heard all the screaming and cussing. Once we made it back to our cubicles, I sat down at my desk and a wave of fucking anger came over me. Jake sat down then rolled up to me in his chair. Listen, brother, you know sometimes I'm just fucking joking with you. Man, you're a great detective. You solved a bunch of cold cases. But this one right here, just drop it. There's absolutely nothing going on with that old woman. That's what everyone says every time I said turn on my computer monitor. I booted up my PC. I'll finish out the report, but that doesn't stop my investigation. What are you talking about? Jake angrily asked. Dude, just fucking drop it, unless you seriously want out of homicide. And if that's the case, you can commit career suicide by yourself. I'm going to do what the fucking lieutenant says. No, I'm not committing career suicide. I'll do my job, but that won't stop me from finding the real truth. And when I do, I'll put money on it that this is a much bigger story. Jake smacked his teeth and said... Okay, well, you do that. He rolled back towards his desk. Once my PC got started up, I logged in, quickly opened up Microsoft Word, and began to finish my investigation report. Truth be told, I had an inkling the lieutenant would rip into me and threaten to write me up for not closing out the case much earlier. So, that being said, most of my report had already been completed. My ass worked on it all fucking early morning since I left the crime scene. But I was running on zero hours of sleep. Nasty-ass McDonald's black coffee kept me fueled. But now sleep was truly setting in, and as soon as I got done finalizing some of these notes, I was going to head straight home. I had the next few days off, so I figured I'd use those days to start doing my own off-duty investigation. I wasn't going to let Miss Washington get away with the crazy-ass lie. Just before I was about to start typing, I heard a knock on the side of my cubicle. I glanced up and saw I was a beat officer in a full uniform. He was a younger dude, looked like he was new to the force. Black, too. What's up? I said and looked back at my monitor as I began typing. Hey, detective. I was told to come see you, he said. About? Late night or early this morning. The rape murder case over in Hyde Park. I looked back up at the young officer. Yeah? What about it? It's a closed case already. Yeah, well, okay. I don't know if you know this, but that old lady. I paused for a moment and could find my intuition begin to fire up. Does he mean I could feel my intuition begin to fire up? I paused for a moment and I could feel my intuition began to fire up. Please let this young dude have something good for me. What about her? Something's off with that chick. What do you mean? Well, just a few weeks ago, we caught her having a full-on psychotic breakdown in the women's locker room at the health club on 47th Street. What's your name, officer? I asked the rookie. You must be new. Yeah, I am. I'm Officer Harrington. I've been on the force now for about six months. Guess what Officer Harrington just said caught the attention of Jake. He rolled over in his chair next to me and now we were both giving Officer Harrington our full attention. Okay, so tell me about this psychotic episode. Well, we were called to the gym sometime in the merry afternoon. When we got there, she was literally squatting down and pissing all over the floor. He paused for a moment then cleared his throat. But that's not the crazy part. Shit, then what is? I asked Jake in what I knew was his typical sarcastic-ass tone. She was pretending like she was having sex with somebody. It was almost as if she was squatting over somebody's face and somebody was performing oral sex on her. Jake and I instantly looked at each other. Told you, I laughed. Just drop it, Jake huffed and then rolled over to his desk. Well, thanks for that info, Officer Harrington. But like I said, the investigation is closed. Crazy story, but it ain't none of our business. Besides, did she get arrested for anything? No. We just let her go. Felt kind of bad for her, the rookie said. But anyway, considering what happened earlier this morning, I figured you all should know that. Okay, cool. Well, let me get back to this report and you get back to your beat, I told the rookie. He wandered off and I went back to finishing up this report. I definitely wasn't going to get any sleep now. That's... So this nigga's about to spend his two days off stalking this woman also. It's really, really fortunate that Officer Harrington was just happened to be walking past to remind them of what happened two months ago. Was it two months ago? A few weeks ago. Hmm. Okay. Now I'm going to have to check out this book again just so I can look and see what the fuck happened at the end of that book because I swear that the timelines ain't matching up no more. Now I feel like Officer whatever the fuck this dude's name is. Officer Colvin. Right. He's supposed to be Bunny Colvin from The Wire. Alright. Cool. 916-633-1537. Ratchet at gmail.com. Uh, Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Uh, leave a review at podchaser.com slash ratchet book club it's been one week since you looked at me sorry i don't know why that just popped in my head um but yeah hopefully y'all have a great day i'll holler at you later peace